That's Dolly Valentine, Caught in the In-Between, which, not coincidentally, is the name of her new album. We found Dolly in London, a long way from Cape Cod, where she was when we last spoke. These days, Dolly is something of a traveling troubadour. Since I talked to you, the main places I've lived are Ireland, Scotland, and Italy. Nice. Because Italy's been a longer process, so that's the main, that's going to be the main place that I, when I go back, I'll stay there. I'll get my permesso di soggiorno, which is my long-term permission to stay. Nice. Yeah. So, what, what, um, why do you, why, why choose that place to move to? Uh, it's a long story, but it's basically a process of getting dual citizenship. So All that right. seemed, and, I, and I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to live abroad. And I think um, after 2020 and everything, I just seized the opportunity and I knew I wanted to do another album. And I connected with Jamie Smith, who owns the church studio where I recorded it. Right. And I ended up hanging out there and I lived on a island called Lismore. Yeah, which has a population of 140 people, which was very interesting. <laughs> so, I was there for about a month and a half at the beginning of the summer. We have an island visited. called Stewart Island, uh, way at the bottom of New Zealand, under underneath the mm -hmm. South South Island. I think it has a population of about 60 some people. Mm. <laughs> and my daughter it's goes. A there. Whole, she has a friend there. The whole culture. There. Yeah, I know. It's it pretty is. cool. Yeah. So, so, so we're doing concerts again. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're back in yeah. business, so that's nice. Awesome. We got through everything as much as we could. How, mm -hmm. And uh, you, so it, it feels like you went through some kind of transformation. It, was that COVID related, or was it life related, or what brought all this on for you? I think it was a little bit of everything, and just the timing of my life that the the right impulse struck me to move forward in a new way. And something that I'd always wanted to do, but then I found that I had the the window of opportunity to do it. So mm -hmm. I think when you live in a new place, it just totally transforms the way you see the world. And right. I, I, I'm finding that whole experience very exciting. And it's also a little lonely, though, because it's it's like it's like developing a whole new part of your brain that you didn't know you had there and uh, developing ways of communicating and. Yeah, so it's been an interesting dichotomy of things, but it has been a transformation for yeah. sure. Yeah, I I noticed uh, being a expat American myself who moved away, it changed how mm -hmm. I viewed the states from outside rather than being inside quite a, quite Definitely. dramatically. <laughs> Just seeing very it. dramatically. Yeah, and I imagine that's even more profound now because I did that in like 1994. Here in 2023, mm -hmm. it's a very different scenario. How did it affect you? Yeah, there's almost there's <laughs> almost something about be for me at least being in Scotland that it felt much more like home than right. the states ever did. It's a hard it's a hard feeling to put a you know finger on, but it was it's almost like something in my bones just recognized that place. And I mean, it is a lot of where my ancestry comes from. So, but there's just a heritage and a feeling that um, that was really great, and that I think played a part in the music, although I didn't necessarily intend it to, but all the musicians were Scottish, except for uh, Kimo, who who was on the last album, and he recorded from Seattle and sent uh -huh. it. Yeah. So, so he kind of added that Americana yep. blend. Yep. I believe Americana Fest is happening right now in Nashville. So. It's, oh, really? But, uh, I mean, let's face it, all that, that Americana music and 
folk music and Appalachian music, it all has its roots in Scotland and Ireland and all those places anyway. Exactly. So it's all one thing. Which <laughs> it really, I, I had a whole mini education on that. And the, the sheer talent of the musicians up there just completely blew my mind because they can be in a room together and just do the deedle dee, like, you know, yeah. hum a song and then everybody starts playing and they're also it's, I'm not that kind of musician, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. It's I'm not a musician of any kind, so I'm just flabbergasted anytime I see that mm -hmm. happening in front of me. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So tell me about the St. Mary's Space. That's the name of the church, right, that she recorded at? Yes, it's it will so Jamie who's the producer and he's yep. a musician and his wife they um they bought that uh church and then made it into a space for music. Um and they do a lot of he does a lot of field recording projects so doing like more traditional style rock album like mine is was yep. a unique project i think i mean he does do that but he does a lot of experimental stuff and more sound stuff and going out into the wilderness and recording things and he layers things together so it was kind of a unique project for them. And then for me, it was this completely like the space really indicated what the album ended up sounding like. Right. Um, and just went in and we didn't have any plan. It was a totally just off the cuff and it worked out really well. It, it was did. in the middle of the winter. <laughs> yeah. It was in the middle of the winter and it was, it would get, we basically saw no sunlight for an entire month because right. no windows really in the church, just like the state glass right um, so it, it helped to make us all go a little crazy and get into this vortex of music making yep yep so i read somewhere where everybody was playing together in in real time when you were recording mm -hmm. this but then again you mentioned that you know there's something came in from seattle or something so explain yeah. further please <laughs> so I guess part one was me writing the songs and I wrote all the songs on the album and that's just like basic guitar and the lyrics. Yep. Um, and then the next phase was bringing it into the studio and that's where all the people, the Scottish musicians and they all came in and together built up this layered sound mm -hmm. and that happened all spontaneously and live um, which was very important to Jamie, the producer. He really likes that live, natural sound of the room. So um, there were no um, no like separate rooms like there usually are in studios. Everything happened in the space. And and then when that was all finished, I thought the album was done. But as I lived with it for a little while, and it was mixed by Ali Chant, who's in Bristol, and he brought a little bit more of like a modern edge to the sound, I think. Right. So as I was listening to it, I just I felt like I really missed that Americana level from the, my first album. Right. And and, um, and so I called up Kimo and and then he added those final touches. Cool. Cool. So it happened in three parts, <laughs> which is part of why it took so long. Right. But right. I really I really hemmed in hot over this album. It just took me a very long time for some reason, I think because it paralleled my life right? being so in motion, but also the sound, I couldn't quite wrap my head around the sound. And it took me some time to be able to understand what was happening cool. there. So do you feel like a different person from the person who made the previous record? Probably, yes yeah. and no. Right. There's the core <laughs> central self there. Right, right. The self, the self evolves. 
All right. Um, and there's so much that I've seen and experienced and, and people that I've met in places. And I think part of what was hard about finally releasing the album is it felt like the end of a chapter. Uh-huh. And now there's this big question mark of like what next. So the album was very, very much this lived experience through my, through my life. Cool. Yeah. So- it does feel very, uh, transformational and you you worked uh, did something called analytic dream work that helped your songwriting or uh, inspired it or explain I, i'm ter- doing a terrible job so <laughs> no i i um so i've been studying for the past three years the work of carl jung who was a oh yeah uh, yeah and we share a birthday uh, so i i'm uh, i'm all young oh, really <laughs> me, me, carl, because... me carl jung and mick jagger <laughs> That's awesome. I share birthday with John Lennon. So oh, there you go. That's cool birthday, people. Um, but no, that's a really, I, I, if I had to have one of those fantasy dinner parties right. that people talk about, I would I would definitely invite Carl Jung for sure. Yeah, and Freud probably, <laughs> yeah. so they could kind of fight. But I started studying all that. And then I ended up doing this school with these Jungian um, analysts. That's like a dream interpretation school Yeah. Um, through just like an online program. And it's, been so fascinating to me um so i've been i'm developing something out of that which i haven't like really presented yet but um i used it a lot for the songwriting so basically i would it's called dream incubating where you sort of like dream incubate a concept or a song and sometimes it would just happen naturally without needing to suggest it to my subconscious but um for example the song rest a while came entirely in a dream The, the lyrics, the, the the chord progression, and just the whole feeling and the visual. So like every song almost has um, an invisible visual within it from, so, so I would say maybe like half of the songs have elements that were pulled from dreams that I had, which I think there's a lot of stories in the album. It's very meandering and um I think that's part of why. It seems very something that has yeah. some literary references. You mentioned Joan Didion and Ernest Hemingway mm-hmm. and Elvis Presley. He's one of the great writers of our time. Uh, so I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of ghosts on the album. Like yeah. there's a lot of um, archetypal ghosts. Uh, James Dean, right? Uh, all like I played with a lot of those subjects that do come up in dreams and generally the 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 core of union dream work is that everything in the dream represents you somehow and everything in the dream is constructive right um no matter how absurd it might seem which is kind of great because then you become less afraid of some of the imagery that you see in your dreams because sometimes you know once you Mm. get the ropes of it a little bit it's not quite as intimidating although it's very hard to interpret your own dreams it's much easier to interpret others because we have a resistance to what our dreams are saying. Right. So I'm wondering, have you developed a process of remembering the dreams? Because I find them very fleeting. It's like you have yeah. an impression, but details are 
sketchy at best. I do. I do have a process. Um, I used to be like a very a purist about it has to be written down in my journal. Right. But now I do just get it into my notes on my phone because otherwise it just will feel too daunting sometimes, especially if it's a very long dream. Um, you have to basically train yourself to stay in that in-between space ah. and and while you're like you have to tell yourself not to move because if you move positions then sometimes it will leave uh -huh. so you try to stay in the position you're in and then you'll have a vague notion of the dream and you try to stay there and then tell the dream to yourself in your head right uh -huh. and that's the best way that i've found for it to stick once you've done that then you can take it to your notes or your your journal but of course it doesn't work every single time right and 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 they go through waves like there'll be times of really prolific yeah wonderful very interesting dreams and then times where it's just like total insanity of bits and pieces that, yeah have you ever got but to you, the point where a dream has been so intense or so that you had to wake yourself up to, to kind of get, for sure yeah, yeah really <laughs> Yeah, I think those are common. I think people say that's kind of the subconscious, like waking you up to whatever that's saying. Like right. you really need to pay attention to this. Um, I do. I do have those. Yeah. I haven't. I, I, I've been by myself most of the summer. Like sometimes, it depends who's around. It depends what's going on. But you know, have you had those? Okay. Cool. Yes, <laughs> I had one the yeah. other day. I had to wake yeah. up. It was very intense. <laughs> so sometimes, if you can isolate, like what was what was the event that woke me up, then it might be your subconscious saying, yeah. "Hey, we want to look at this," you know. Yeah. But it, yeah. Yep. You very have good. to be kind of brave. You have to be brave. <laughs> I'm a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm interested in your. You made a, several videos. Most of them are kind of grainy, black and white, eight millimeter style. Yeah. Things what it is about why why does that uh look uh, uh work with your music do you think um i think i wanted something that felt totally different than the first album which was right. so um like red and yellow and very i don't know it was just sunshiny and happy yep and i was feeling more of this stark black and white um like just something coming from another time kind of ghosty. So it was just what I visually wanted. And then I luckily, because I had eight millimeter film, which was expired and had been through the, you know, <laughs> x-ray a million times and all that. So I was nervous that it wouldn't yeah. turn out, but it, but it did enough, but it's, you know, it's not um, hyper clear imagery, but I think it, I think it fits the feel of the album and, um, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful that it worked out because it was kind of a crapshoot. Yep. So there's a video for Blueberry Room, which is the opening track on the record. So maybe yeah. you can tell me why it's the opening track or about making the video, whatever you feel like. Strawberry moon, skinny dipping in June in the falls for a baby. Blueberry Room was one of my favorite songs on the album, and I actually was going to put it at the very end of the album. Not the last song, but the song I was going to put it at number 12, I guess. It was going to be the second to last song on the album. But um, 
Charlie Gray, who's the fiddle player, one of the, the fiddle player on the um, on the album, and he's an incredible traditional musician from Scotland. Right. He he really he did a track order, and he said like this should definitely be on the fir- on the front of the album. Uh-huh. Um, and when I listened to it that way, it it just made the album make a lot more sense, I guess, because right. I think that that's a very a personal song and kind of like goes back into the past and um i don't know it sets up the the darkness of the album the kind of like somber um the the hardship of the album in a way that so anyway but the the video was yeah just done spontaneously with eight millimeter and some in scotland and some in uh in italy All right you you edit it yourself do you yeah. Is that something new or have you always been dabbling? No, I've always done, I've always da- done that. I, yeah. I took a class at um, the Rhode Island School of Design. Oh, okay. You know, RISD. Is that where, did, like the talking heads come from there or something? <laughs> One of them? Probably. <laughs> I think, it, yeah, it's, it's in um, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, but right. it's like a, it's a well-known art school. Yeah. But yeah. I did this. Uh, I just did this like one class there on on film editing because I I was like I'm gonna be do, I'm gonna do music and I'm gonna need to know how to edit right. stuff so it's a good skill to have. Uh huh. So the and the final track is called Great Mystery, which I'm <laughs> it seems to kind of address conspiracy theories and but not really because it's more about just being open minded I think. But you tell yeah, me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know. Saying UFOs, lost islands in the sea. What will or will not be? But I believe in the possibilities of all the depths of things we cannot see. I think that song almost to me it, it's one that has a little essence of the first dolly valentine album right um because there's this like call towards positivity and hope and um at the same time just kind of admitting that we all like really don't know at the end of the day that life is a mystery and um yeah so that one's kind of the sweet the sweet in the and the other whatever the other vibe of the rest of the album is um and i think it was probably inspired a little bit by just like so many d- different uh opinions and voices and things that we were that were submerged in and the way that everything is now and that can be kind of exhausting and um i wanted to like make something that felt somehow like a positive if that if that makes sense yep 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 uh, um, yeah. But it's the most, yeah, it's the most, most uh, ballady, I guess, on the album. Now you mentioned there are ghosts within this record. One of them mentioned specifically is the ghost of Elvis, and but lyrically, mm-hmm. it sounds very personal. It's like you're drawing from something that mm-hmm. happened when you were a child. My brother and I walk home from school. He plays his video game. Go into the living room Turn on the radio 
Based off my life, my I, I'm one of five kids. Okay, whereabouts are you in the mix? Uh, second youngest. I have a little brother, and then everybody's older than me. But I have a little brother who's he was obsessed with Elvis as a kid, <laughs> like completely. He was a really obsessive kid, so right. he would go through phases. But yep. he went through this Elvis phase where he had to wear this like silk Elvis cape to school, and <laughs> he it. had post- yeah, he had posters in his room, and he named his lizard Elvis, and he was just completely obsessed with Elvis for some yeah. reason. And um, yeah, it was just like kind of took over the house, and uh, I was I. I don't know where, I think that song came just, I I also did this process I learned about called automatic writing, where you just basically like open a journal and just try to get out of your head and just see what you write. Right. And that song came about, that song came about that way. Um, And I liked that the line that came before everything was the, who were you before the world made you this way? In the Elvis song, the chorus is, who were you before the world made you this way? Yep, And I think that's kind of the quintessence of Elvis is that he's just a projection of everybody else's idea of him. And there are a million impersonators and he's just, that's true. <laughs> just this concept, but who is actually that person was so deeply troubled yep. and he had this whole thing with his brother. So I kind of was trying to parallel that of like, yep. you know, siblings and um, kind of who, who yeah, even Elvis is. Like who are we? he's a, it's a song about the persona I guess right yep yep do you have a favorite persona. Elvis tune um well Blue Moon is such a weird song yep that's true you know there's like yeah. something about it it's so deeply eerie it's very haunting um, the way he sings it very know. haunting so yeah. probably that one um I can't help falling in love with you did he sing that originally yeah I believe so yes or did yeah that that one's really really yep. good yeah they're very good excellent yeah all right i i don't know i wasn't like the biggest fan of the movie honestly no i, I, I wasn't was either really... I, it, yeah, yeah but it <laughs> seemed to take liberties with the truth but i guess that's what films do yeah <laughs> and it was so like overstimulating visually but yeah anyway yeah it was worth it was worth a watch but that's about it but he obviously never gets old it's just like people it's the like the impersonation of him is more important than the person itself. I think at this point, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. So, so now that the record is out, what are you doing? Are you doing shows? Are you thinking about the next one? Are you? Well, resting? mostly I'm in this. <laughs> yeah, mostly I'm in this uh, in between space, of getting course. to be situated in Italy. But um, I, I am really wanting to play. It's just that it's a matter of figuring it out in the right way and my life situation makes that a little complicated yep no and i'm you know i i I release the album through a wall but i'm not on a label so there's just things that yep keep you yeah Yeah. but i would i would like to have that experience so do you like being in in the in-between space is is it a choice that you've made so 
Well, I think we're always there. Everybody's always kind of in the in-between, whether you realize it or not. But I think that I am a little addicted to that space. And sometimes I need to push myself into like more of a clear territory because I think as a musician or any artist can get attached to um, like trying to look here, go to the threshold and see what's there, so to speak. You know, they kind of go into territories where other people don't want to to go to look what's there and then bring something back. Right. And that can certainly be um, an addictive process. Like you yep. can get, you just want to do it again and again. And it's like masochistic almost with an album because you think like, oh, I'm never going to do this again, or at least that's how I feel. Right. And then it's done. And then I automatically start thinking about the next one or you know, mm. how that's all going to be, or, oh, I'm going to go back and do a much more, straightforward country pop album or no right. i'm going to do something totally experimental next time yeah so. <laughs> and what what are you listening to do you listen to much current music i have been more in london strangely yeah. because i really was just listening to like classical music and a lot of you know just podcasts and different like books uh, on you know i was that was more what i was doing for so long but i found that being in the city I really enjoy that musical sidewalk experience. So, um, but nothing too specifically. I've I've sort of allowed the algorithm to take over my mind and just tell me what to listen to. But I really enjoy that. It gives me another appreciation for music to just be listening, walking around the city. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully when you're in your travels, you can find your way down to this part of the world sometime. It'd be kind of cool. I know. I know. I, I feel it coming because I, I yeah, yeah i just like have that feeling so i wonder if i'm farther away now than i was in new york I don't know. or in or, or, yeah somewhere it, northeast yeah it, well i was on the I east coast i was further. in cape cod last time I talked. Yeah. is it farther yeah i think so it's it's quite a distance i've dri i've flown both from new zealand to london and new zealand to new york like they're all hmm. it's, it's mind-boggling it's like 17 hours of it's far. <laughs> yeah is there a good stopover spot uh is there... how you get there i think when i went to london i went uh through like stopped in germany i think but that hmm. and up through maybe thailanders i don't know somewhere in there it went down yeah. and around that way whereas if you go to there are now there is a direct flight to New York from Auckland that they just installed very recently. But before you would go mm -hmm. to like um, Hawaii or LA and then New York. Mm -hmm. So that way around. Huh. <laughs> Either way, it's well, very tiring. I'll, I'll see. I'll cross that bridge when I get there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Work your way down bit by bit, I say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take it easy. But anyway, thank you very much for talking to me. I really appreciate seeing you again and hearing yeah, the new great. record. And I, and... Yeah. Thanks so much for talking to me again. Yeah. Um, and I hope one day I'll be in New Zealand. So, and and now I'm going to use some of that information to see if I can remember my dreams better. No moving. <laughs> yeah, well, just try to try to stay in, like, just let yourself linger and um, tell yourself the dream in your head, if that makes sense. Okay. Like, because you just have these crazy images in your head, but say, like, okay, my it was my mom and she was doing, you know, whatever, try to say it to yourself. And then. Yep. And now I have the cranberries in my head linger. So I'm going to go listen to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> listen right. to that. Yeah. I was thinking about them the other day. Okay.
<laughs> All right. Very good. Have a great day and thank you very much. Thanks. Right. Bye. Bye-bye.